invite your presence this morning, Lord, as we worship you. May you be lifted up, Lord. When we call on your name, Lord, we put thousands to flight, Lord, because your name is worthy and your name is powerful, Lord. Oh, Lord, we invite your presence this morning. Be with us here as we worship you, Lord. At your name, the mountains shake and crumble. Yes, they do, Lord. That's your name, that's your name, Lord. The oceans roar and tumble. That's your name, that's your name. Angels will bow, the earth will rejoice. Your people cry out, yes, they do. Lord of all the earth, we shout your name, shout your name. your name, Lord. That's your name. The morning breaks in glory. Hallelujah. That's your name. Creation sings your story. That's your name. Angels will bow. The earth will rejoice if evil cry out. Lord of all the earth, we shout your name, shout your name. Filling up the skies with endless praise, endless praise. Yahweh, Yahweh, we love to shout your name, oh Lord. Sing it with me, there is no one like there is no like our God, we will praise you, praise you. There's no one like our God, we will sing, we will sing. There is no one like our God, we will praise you, praise you. There's no one like our God, we will sing, we will sing. Come on. There is no your name, filling up the skies with endless praise, endless praise, Yahweh, Yahweh, we love to shout your name, oh Lord. One more time, Lord of all the earth, Lord of all the earth, we shout your name, shout your name, filling up the skies with endless praise, endless praise, Yahweh, Shout your name, oh Lord. One more time. We sing Yahweh, nice and loud. Lord, we sing Yahweh, Yahweh. We love to shout your name, oh Lord. Yes, we do, Lord. We praise your holy name this morning. Worthy are you, Lord. Worthy are you, Lord. Do we love to shout his name? Amen. Is he worthy? Is he worthy? Amen. We bless your holy name this morning, God. Father, we invite your presence, Lord. Be with us here as we 
lift up your name and bless you this morning. May your presence be manifested here this morning.
give it all to you. Lord. We trust in you, Father. Our confidence is in your faithfulness, Lord God. When we sing yes and amen, what we're saying, Lord, is we sign up. We sign up for your lead. And when we say amen, we're saying so be it. Lord, we, we give it all to you this morning. Lord. Give it all to you, God. We lean not on our own understanding here this morning, God, but we faithful to follow you this morning, God. Invite your Holy Spirit here this morning, God. Be with us.
How many of you don't know the words to oh, 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 oh? Now, I know you don't know all the songs to all the worship songs, but if you're not singing oh, 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 then you're just, you came to church to say, today and said, Lord, I'm not going to sing. I'm just going to watch other people sing. So this is your second chance. And let's, let's, let it, let's let it be an exaltation to God Almighty who sits on the throne. Take us there, Pat. supposed to work today coming to church no consumers so I want you to we'll do this socially distanced a prop properly with your family that you came with but I'd like to ask mothers and fathers to pray for whosoever or wives and husbands just in your row you may see, be seated and just I'm gonna ask the worship team just to be instrumental and let's not just get into fellowship let's really pray for the students, the students that have been doing all this, um, you're still on Zoom and parents, this has been a difficult process. And to pray for the kids and kids, to pray for your parents. They're trying to sort through a lot these days. So let's take just a couple of minutes where you are, quietly with your own family. If you're single, just intercede for those around you. If you're seating by yourself. so. Let's do that.
then he did a good job with that. Would you thank the worship team this morning? And uh, Mickey, uh, she's she stepped out, but Ethan, these they're here every Sunday at 8:30 and setting up. And Mickey uh, drives all the way from Riverside to be here. Anybody come farther than Riverside? How about Alicia Parkway? Beyond that, you're out of it. I also think we should really thank the Lord this morning. I mean, we have been dodging bullets with the weather. Uh, you know, it looked like it was going to be real, real cold today. Yesterday was raining, and it's supposed to rain tomorrow. And we got through Christmas Eve and all these different times. So the Lord's been really good to us to, to let us meet outside. Friends of mine back east have opened their churches up and reclosed them. They had outbreaks of COVID, and uh, they had men inside, and they couldn't, you know, they had to close it. And the pastor got sick, the worship team got sick, everybody got sick. And they're working through it. Nobody's complaining. Nobody's whining. But um, it's going good. And by the way, today we are growing like I'm crazy. I mean, we're in the middle of a revival because Luke Owen Beardsley was born today. <laughs> Bo Beardsley's uh, third child. We got a text this morning. And uh, Will said he's with that name, he needs to be a country western singer. Is it? <laughs> So, the, um, it really is good to see everyone, and uh, I'm so grateful too, I've said it intermittently, but again, I'll say it again, we, we haven't taken an offering since March. You know, it makes you wonder whether the offerings were so strong that Mike and David used to do that it just kept carrying forward. But we, we continue to be in the black every month. I've never asked for money. I've never said we need money for this tent. We need money for this. Come on. It's just been a God loves a cheerful giver, and you all have been faithful. Even the kids, I get letters sometimes with kids who have sent their tithes in, and uh, God sees all that, and it's great. So... I'd say give yourself a hand, but I'm concerned that you'd get proud and feel good about yourself. You don't want to feel too good about yourself, right? The, uh, so this morning, I want to continue in this thing of the Sermon on the Mount. And, but I want to talk about it so it, somehow it impacts us uh, personally. The, um, the thing about blessing... Life without blessing, I just can't imagine it being life. In the very beginning, in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, he said, Let us make man in our image. Now that, a lot of us get hung up with that verse sometimes. What does that mean? Well, sometimes somebody said about one of my kids or something, he or she's the spitting image. Well, they don't, it's not just looking like the person, but there's some kind of feel to it that you're representing something of who that person is. And so 
when you all at different times in your life have encountered something and someone says, you know, there's something about you. God is, uh, who are you? You know, and it's, it's the image of God working. Now, all men are made in the image of God. Imago Deo is what it means. And according to our likeness, he said, and let them rule over the sea and over the birds of the sky and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female. According to the Bible, there's only two genders. Can I get an amen? amen. Kids, kids, there's two genders, male. Say it with me. And female. And when they get married, they have children. It's pretty simple. But we, in our own way, make it really complicated. And he said, he blessed, but then he says, male and female, he created them. Then it says, God blessed them. Now, I don't know what that was like for Adam and Eve, but he just blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth, subdue it and rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Um, and then I'll stop there. But what I wanted to say was in the very beginning, he blessed them. The very first verse in creation with them, he blesses. We serve a blessing God. He is blessing your life. And then as we get into the Beatitudes, there are something about blessedness that's tied to our character and our demeanor before God. You know, for example, in back to tithing, it says in um, Malachi that go ahead and test me on this and I'll open the windows of heaven and pour out blessing and rebuke the devourer. But then I've also known tithing Husbands that were meaner than a snake. And then it also says in 1 Peter 3 that uh, to live with your wife in an understanding way, uh, lest your prayers be hindered. So sometimes we'll take one part of the scripture and use it to our advantage. Sometimes we'll accept God's forgiveness for us, but not extend that forgiveness to others. Sometimes we'll bathe in God's mercy to us, but not be a conveyor of mercy to others. And so God is trying to transform us by the Holy Spirit in his image to be the way with people um, that he wants us to be in the way he is. So when you go to Genesis 12, you have creation and you go all the way through the first chapters and after the fall and then Cain and Abel and you have uh, the, um, the lineages are laid out. And then we have Noah, said Noah was a righteous man, and Noah was uh, challenged to make the ark. It took him 100 years. It had never rained up till that time. And of course, you know the story, Noah's ark and all the animals and the entire world drowned. Afterwards, um, Noah came out, God made a covenant with them that they would never, he would never do that again. The rainbow was a sign to Noah. And Noah had three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth, and, and they had three daughter-in-laws, and that's how they repopulated the earth again, those eight. I won't go into all the other stories, but eventually as it repopulates, man is now in a sinful state. Man is 
really starring in his own movie, and a man decides to build a temple, the Tower of Babel. Let's build this to the heavens. He said, let's make a name for ourselves. And of course, God is upset with that. He confuses the languages and scatters them to the four corners of the earth, which is an interesting term, four corners, because it says in the days of Peleg, the earth was divided. If you ever look at a map, you see South America, North America. You could make a jigsaw puzzle out of the continents when the earth may have been four corners before the days of Peleg when the earth was divided. I'm not making a case for that like thus saith the Lord, but it's an interesting thought. Amen. Okay, now we're up to <laughs> we're up to 12. Now there's a guy, his name is Abraham. He may be Abram. He married his half-sister. Her name is Sarah. And um, Sarai. And God speaks to his father. Uh, and tells him to leave the land of Ur, and they, uh, that was Terah, and they get as far, I think, as Haran, and uh, they stop. he stops there, and then he dies. And then God speaks to Abraham again and tells him to come to what is present-day Israel and the Holy Land. And the river he had to cross to come into Canaan land, um, they called... Abraham Hebrew, because it means from the other side. An interesting thing about the Lord is that he calls you to something. He, how many of you know he calls me to green pastures and still waters? He does whatever I want. He makes me happy. You make me happy, so very happy. Wait a minute. Abraham, the father of faith, was called into Canaan land where the, it says the Canaanite was in the land, it was, uh, they were evil peoples. There was the occult. There was all kinds of filthy, sexual, abominable sins going on in that culture. And there has by been, that, been that way since the beginning of the world. The culture we live in today is no different. Jesus chose it again when he came into Rome. Rome was struggling with bisexuality, uh, idolatry everywhere, the breakdown of their institutions, wars in all corners of the earth, corruption. It's always been there. And he said in this, I tell you this, that in this world you'll have tribulation, but be of good cheer for I have overcome the world. Now, every week I get some amazing phone call from somebody not in the church. I don't know what it is. I asked the Lord who it will be this week uh, but someone called me, and they were a Christian and really bummed out. I mean, really freaked out about end times, freaked out about all that's going on, like this is that. And, this. and I just gave her a history lesson. I said, how old are you? She told me, and then I kind of went through her life. I said, I mean, you know, you in your life, there was 800,000 people slaughtered in Kilgali, Rwanda. John and Erica have seen the effects of that. In, a, in, in, in my parents' life, the Holocaust, World War II, and many of some of the young men here, not some of these middle-aged men, some of these men went to defend our country and went over to the Middle East. And it was not nice over there. It was very painful and, and um, 
there's always going to be things, but I keep saying this in my letters, you're made for this time. And what was bothering about the lady, I said, you know what you're doing is you're circling the wagons. I'm so scared. She said, uh, you know, gas is going to be $8 a gallon and I can't afford it. And I said to her, I said, how do you know it's going to be $8 a gallon? It could be 10 <laughs> How do you know that? So why are any of us projecting the worst possible scenario? Or is this a time for us to live and move and have our being? Is this a time when Paul said, I notice you're, you're spiritual people with all the unknown, all the gods all around Athens? And he said, I notice one of them's to the unknown God. And he says, no, the, the God I'm talking about, in him you live and move and have your being. All nations of the earth came from this one God. That's in Acts 17. It's a great message on one of the greatest uh, preachings of Paul in Acts 17. And it looks like he got two converts. How many of you know that the best sermon doesn't always produce the best results? A friend of mine one time friend of mine, he's someone I looked up to actually, he went and he was preaching at a Bible college and um, he wasn't preaching that day. They had a guest preacher come in who was terrible. This preacher was, he said what he was saying wasn't good, it wasn't edifying, it was just awful. And then the pastor came up to close in prayer and the Holy Spirit fell all over the congregation. I mean, people started weeping. God was moving in this place. And he goes, God, what are you doing? Why are you affirming his word? He said, I am not affirming it. I'm helping them forget it. <laughs> God doesn't think like us. We see, we're, we see this and then we see that. And we come up with our, our story. But in Genesis 12, he says, Now the Lord said to Abram, Go forth from your country, from your relatives, from your father's house. Do you think that was easy? He left it all. Into a land which I will show you. Well, what's it like there? He said, I'm going to show you. Don't worry about it. You just get going. And I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you. Would you say bless you with me? Bless you. I will bless you and make your name great. Now, in chapter 11 at the Tower of Babel, they were trying to get a great name. It, and it, it ended up being nothing. When God blesses you and gives you a great name, you have a great name. I will bless you and make your name great. And so you shall be a blessing, and I will bless those who bless you. Basically, anybody that blesses you is being blessed. How many have ever been blessed by a non-Christian? You see your hands. They get blessed. They get blessed. You don't have to tell them that. That sounds really arrogant to tell them that. You get blessed because you bless me. But you do. You do. I mean, you're his church. You're his people. You're his children. You're adopted into his family. And when someone comes along and treats you right, 
God sees that and he likes it. Anymore, if you had a teacher or a coach that did something unusual for one of your sons and daughters, you'd say, oh, thank you, coach. That was, well, you've got a fine son there. Every parent recognizes that. But God Almighty will bless them. Whoever blesses you, Abraham, I'll bless. And if anyone reviles you, I'll curse. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So from the very beginning in Genesis 1 with Adam and Eve, you'd be a, he blessed them to be fruitful and multiply. After the fall and the beginning first 12 chapters, we get again to Abram. And then he calls them out. His father went so far. And then Abram took Lot. And we're not going to go into the whole story of him today. But he was called out. He went out in faith and he obeyed. And he was blessed. Even today, with Islam, they recognize Abraham as the father of their faith. The Jews in Israel recognize Abraham as the father of their faith. And Christians recognize Abraham as the father of our faith. Abraham believed God and it was reckoned to him as righteousness before he was circumcised. Before he was, it wasn't like he was Jewish and then he picked it. He said, no, no, Do you, Abraham believed God. It was reckoned to him as righteousness. And Abraham was saved by faith through grace like all of us. Abraham didn't earn it. But he walked it out. Faith without works is dead. And he walked it out and was an amazing example to all of us and was called the friend of God. So I'm doing that as a backdrop to bring us to the Beatitudes. Leading into this, Jesus, of course, he was born and he had been dedicated at the temple. He had uh, been driven out into the wilderness by the Holy Spirit, led by the Holy Spirit, tempted for 40 days, yet without sin, and then came in. He started preaching um, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. And uh, he picked some of his first disciples, Peter and Andrew and James and John. Uh, miracles had happened. He had healed many already. So he, there was a big buzz going on about Jesus. And then we come to Matthew chapter 5, which I read last week. But since I can't put anything up on the Board, so you can see the scripture, it helps. It's good to read it over. And he says, When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up to the mountain or the hill, and after he sat down, his disciples came to him. He opened his mouth and began teaching them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Prosperous, benefit, benefited. How many of you know that there is so much more to blessing than material blessing? God bless me with a new beamer. God bless me with another house. And this one has two pools. It has a guest pool and another pool. God blessed our business. We tripled our income this year. Blessing is about money. No, that is a byproduct and money. Uh, Abraham was a really rich man. 
He had 318 servants trained in his own house. He was wealthy beyond. He said he became very rich. So you can become rich, but you have to keep your priorities right. Who's number one and where that wealth came from. So let me just read through them. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the gentle, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. And blessed are those who have been persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward in heaven is great, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Jesus taught for understanding, he preached for commitment, and he healed for wholeness. At the Sermon on the Mount, which was probably a couple of days, he was there. Um, it was about blessing. And he was telling something to these Jewish people that were gathered. They already knew he did miracles. And they knew that nobody ever talked quite like this. But these things I just read to you are polar opposite of the world. Polar. It's absolutely different than anything in the world. And anytime the world grabs hold to principles of God, they work. He says, uh, the, the Beatitudes can be platitudes or just, you know, a scripture on the wall or something, ah, oh, blessed are the righteous. But the Beatitudes are far more than that. And they war against our internal self, our personal disposition to look out for number one. And I join you with that. If we really think about it, we do look out for number one. If now, if you're a father, you say, no, it's not for me, it's for my kids. That's still number one, okay? You're not even laughing yet. You're but it's antithetical to be self-righteous and self-satisfied. It's antithetical to the kingdom of God. A quote, I don't know who said it, but it said, a man convinced against his will is of the same opinion still. A man convinced against his will is the same person still. Only the Holy Spirit can correct our heart. Would you say that? Only the Holy Spirit can correct our heart. To quote T.S. Eliot, again, two weeks in a row. Hello. There's your bone, John. It says, half the harm in this world is due to people who want to feel important. I rarely, you know, you really run into people that want to be anonymous or lay their life down in certain ways. We all want this recognition. And do you know it comes? Uh, it's good. God affirms us. He blesses us and recognizes us. 
But when we try to get it ourselves, it always has an odor to it. It doesn't feel right. It doesn't smell right. You can tell it. Uh, how many of you have ever known someone that brags a lot? Hmm? Let me see. Anybody know anybody that brags a lot? Oh, your hand's real slow on that one. <laughs> because when you, the person that raised his hand was talking about you. <laughs> that's, what you didn't want, that's what you didn't want to happen. Who brags a lot? And then, what, why would he raise his hand about who brags a lot? He's the one I'm talking about. <laughs> Bragging is basically leaven. Leaven, trying to make me something that I'm not, rather than walking humbly with my God. The Sermon on the Mount is a blessing of impartation. It's not emotional. It's not every knee bow and every tongue, every knee bowed and um, uh, every eye closed message. It's a simple message of what brings blessing into your life. It's not in any way tied to circumstances or your conditions as I speak to you today. If you're in a really tough spot in your life right now, or you're in a, an uncertain spot in your life, your blessing is not tied to what you know it's going to be like. It's not tied to materialism. It's not tied to what you think you need to be blessed. You're blessed right now if we apply the sermon and let the, the blessedness of God come through what he said. Blessed are the poor in spirit. It means blessed are the people who aren't spiritually arrogant. And in talking to this person past week, um, she had been around a lot of arrogant people that got her confused, people that have all the answers. Now, I appreciate people that are on cutting edge and doing stuff, and I try to stay current and everything, but our real source is God himself and his word. When we start figuring that we figured it all out, that's where we've kind of lost our childlike faith. I'm 49 years old, and I haven't figured it out. Oh, 51, I'm sorry. You're right, no, I'm... Kids, I'm older than that. Okay, don't worry about it. Um, blessedness is about the right posture of our heart and actions. True blessing does not depend on external circumstances. This is why Corey Tamboom could be blessed in the Holocaust. Her sister died in the prison camp. This is why the early church could be blessed when it was persecuted. This is why the persecuted church around the world right now is experiencing blessing. And I told you the story one time of this man I met who was very wealthy and went to, um, I don't know what country it was, a country in Africa, and then he, he had a lot of money and he, he was figuring out how to give them money to make them their life better. And he said, I don't know what I'm doing. I, they're far more happy than I am. They're far more content in their relationship with God than I am, and I think that this will make their life better. He had to back up a couple notches and do some personal examination. Money is a good thing that God gives us to use, but it's the root of all sorts of evil when 
the, the love of money takes over our life. And it says, by it, many have suffered a pang. And it becomes ever so clear when someone dies that spent their whole life accumulating money and, and they don't take anything with them. They were so worried about the money, always worried about the money, and they're not taking it with them. When they meet the Lord, he says, we don't take Bank America here. Basically, let's look at your life. So it's being humble. Humility is counterintuitive to your understanding and my understanding. Humility is very easy to fake. Like, oh, thank you, sister. Thank you, Rhonda. That was so kind of you. And then later, I wonder why Rhonda did that. You know, humility can be faked. True humility brings the grace of God. It's the fountainhead of grace and a blessing before God and man. And what does the Lord require of you but to do justice, love kindness, um, excuse me, to do justice, love kindness, and walk humbly with your God? That's Micah 6 8. The second beatitude is Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Some of you are extraordinarily good at burden bearing. There's nothing in it for you when you're praying for somebody. Maybe you're praying for somebody who was disobedient and got themselves in a jam. And yet you're, it saddens you to see the position you're in. And so you're blessed in your mourning. Oh, God. Help Joey. Help Billy. Help Janie, Lord, you're the only one. And you are bearing a burden. That's part of the morning. And also your own sin to examine ourselves. I mean, Lord, I, I am sorry. I, I feel like I let you down there. Just between you and God. He says, you'll be comforted. He didn't say, I'm going to bless the jolly, the eternal optimists, or the positive thinkers. It's not about being melancholy or, self, or depressed or just Debbie Downer. Does anybody know who Debbie Downer is? Who is Debbie Downer? Who doesn't know who Debbie Downer is? Raise your hand if you don't know who Debbie Downer is. Charlene, okay, for you, I'll tell it. <laughs> Debbie Downer is a person when you say, wow, the weather is really good today. Yeah, did you know there's going to be a hurricane next week? <laughs> <laughs> Debbie Downer has said, church was great today. Yeah, did you notice how many people were missing? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I once had, we once had a great service, a great service, and I was filled with the spirit. I was so happy. This was a great evening. This person comes up to me and goes, I noticed the door was left open. I think that bothers people. <laughs> Who are you sheriffs out there that have to be Debbie, and I'll call him Donnie, Donnie Downer. <laughs> it's not your job to bring other people down. It's your job to lift them up. 
Comfort is a byproduct, not a goal. The last one, well, let me just say, Jesus was a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. He wept with those who wept, and he rejoiced with those that rejoiced. The shortest verse in the Bible is Jesus wept with Mary and Martha when he saw the pain they were in and his humanity identified. He wept even though a few moments later Lazarus was going to be raised from the dead. And the last one I'll do today is blessed are the meek for they shall inherit the earth. It doesn't say the prominent or the well-positioned or the powerful will inherit the earth. Meekness is not weakness, but strength under discipline. It's self-control. Moses was the meekest man on earth. Numbers said, um, and that's in Numbers, but then um, in Matthew it says, Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek, gentle, and humble of heart and you will find rest for your soul. The powerful may rule the earth, but the meek will inherit it. Don't confuse meekness with being Donald Milktoast, or being a wimp, or being uh, gullible, or whatever. But meekness is a type of humility before God that we walk in knowing that he's God, and he's directing our steps, and we're not in charge. You want to be blessed. Being gentle is a good thing. And um, so what I want to do is next week I'm going to talk about the meek. And I'll, I'll just do a, re, a recount, but I want to talk about hungering and thirst for righteousness and blessed are the merciful for they shall receive, receive mercy. I'd like to close with one thought. Um, a letter I got from um, a friend of mine. He's, uh, he's a guy that I had a lot of conflict with in my life. When we used to live in Albany, Georgia, he was one of the elders. I'm not kidding. If I said black, he'd say white. If, he's, if I said that building's white, he'd say, no, it's not, it's blue. We could not agree on anything. I said, I don't want to argue with you. And he, he said, I'm not arguing. You're not? And he would say the same to me. And so... Anyway, he wrote this to me, uh, not just to me, but to, uh, he's a missionary. He's related to uh, a dear um, person in this church, Rachel. It's his grandfather, who's been a minister and a pastor for many years, and he wrote this in a letter. This year, I have determined that I will have only one resolution, with the Lord's help, I will forgive everybody for anything and everything said or done that offended me in any way. This is a very tall order indeed. It will demand determination, supernatural grace, and a whole lot of repentance. Nevertheless, I am compelled by the word of God, to be transformed by the renewing of my mind. Therefore, a conscious decision must be made to live in a resentment-free environment. I fully realize that I will always be exposed to the abuse of other people 
that can give excuse for my anger and resentment. That's life. The major obstacle to my spiritual growth is actually me. Let's say that. The major obstacle to my spiritual growth is actually me. I heard someone say, Pastor Kevin, in there. Who are you? (laughs) It is no secret that the most significant stumbling block we must overcome to become better people is our own attitudes, our own thoughts, and our own feelings. We can never fully control all our circumstances in our life, but we do have the ability, with God's help, to choose our responses to any of them. Let's stand. We'll continue to be meeting out here. We're blessed to have the weather. I hope if we do hit some snags, we'll do our best to get more heaters if we need them. I thought this morning when I left, it was 51 degrees, but is anybody uncomfortably cold? Good, bring a jacket. (laughs) Have a knit knit hat. This could be the coolest time. Did I ever tell you about the time that when Dudley and I were married, she was pregnant with Aaron. We lived in a house that had uh, oil. We ran out of money, so we couldn't buy the oil because you had to pay $500 at one shot. And I didn't have $500. So we slept in our clothes at night on the bed. And we used to talk to each other, and the steam would go up in the air. (laughs) And we'd say, it was like a sweet savor into God's nostrils. We were just... It was one of the best times ever. And somebody else might say, oh, that's so bad. This is what makes life life, right? Let's enjoy this and let's enjoy the blessing of God and be a vehicle of that blessing this week. Worthy of every song we could ever sing And worthy of all the praise we could ever bring every breath and worthy of every breath we could ever breathe we live for you oh we live for you sing jesus the name above and jesus the name above every other name the only one who could ever save and jesus the only one who could ever save worthy of every breath and worthy of every breath we could ever breathe we live for you oh we live for you sing holy and holy there is no one like you there is none beside you open up my eyes in wonder and show And I will build my life upon your love. It is a firm foundation, and I will put my trust in you. And I will not be shaken. And I. 
Matt Davenport, would you come up and say a benediction? I know this guy. He has successfully navigated COVID and doing well. And I'd like you to just, you can pray a blessing over the church. Okay. Thank you for that introduction that I successfully navigated COVID. <laughs> All right, let's pray. Lord Jesus, we, uh, we thank you for the words that were said today. And Lord, I just, I do, I ask the, especially that last point about forgiveness and taking ownership of our, our walk with you, Lord. I pray that that would go into our, our hearts today and, and that the, the, the unforgiveness or the people who we've held things against would surface to the top and that irritate us to the point of, of making an effort to get that right. Lord, I pray that we would uh, walk out this week with just a fresh start, fresh heart, and uh, uh, just a fantastic week. In the name we pray, amen. 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 We're dismissed.